0: So of Music and Vibes. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Guys, I hope you're having an awesome day. Okay, in Alabama, it's cold. Even though it was warm the other days, but it's cold today. But anyway, I hope you're having a good day. I hope all is going well. And if you're like me, living in a place where it's cold outside, even if it's cold outside, I hope inside of your heart and inside your life things are nice, warm, and sunny. And I hope everything is going well. Now, I also hope you had a great week and that you are also enjoying your day. Today is Wednesday, so it's like hump day, like in the middle of your week. But I hope your week was good, you know? And I hope that today is an awesome day for you. Now, for me, of course, it's always busy. So I don't even know why I bothered to say my week is busy. It has always been busy. It's always busy. This weekend was less busy, but still. Um, Over the weekend, I had to face a sad reality that I no longer had one teenager in my house, but that I had two teenagers in my house. Okay, let me explain. All of you parents out there know that when you have kids, you know that they are going to grow up. You know this. I mean, I knew this when I had them. But, you know, it's like when you see your child being born and you, like, experience being a parent from the time they're, like, a baby all the way up until they grow up, it is very difficult to be like, oh, my goodness, my baby, my child, is a teenager. It wasn't that bad for me last year because it was just Kennedy. She turned 13. I was like, oh. But the thing is, like, She's still my little girl, but then this year she turned 14. I'm just like, oh my goodness, I only have four more years to my baby before she's 18. And then hopefully she stays home, but if she moves out, she move, goes to college or whatever. But you know, it's like before they're adults, I only have four more years before my child's an adult. So I was like, oh my goodness. So you know, she turned 14. Then Megan, my other little, my other daughter, who's a year younger than Kennedy, she turned 13. I'm just like, oh, what is this? I have teenagers now. You know, I went from having tweens to preteens to having teenagers. So, we have two teenagers in the house. So, so I'm just like, oh my goodness. So, my youngest daughter, Dawson, she's 10. So, yay for me. I still have one technical, one child (laughs) left. But she's going to be 11 this year. You know, it's just difficult to watch your kids grow up. Now, even though... When your kids grow up, is like kind of shows that you're getting older. But I am not getting older by any means. I tell everyone I, I'm aging backwards, and I feel just as young and as alive, or more so, than I did in my twenties. So you know, I feel great. But it's just like sad to see my children like grow up. It's kind of bittersweet. It's sad to see them grow up because you're just like, oh my babies. I don't, you know, it's like I'm transitioning from having like little kids to having teenagers. So that's kind of sad. But then you're happy when you see how they're growing up. Because I have to say, as all no kid is perfect, but I love my daughters. And I think they're really good kids. I do fight with them occasionally about cleaning their room. And I'm sure all parents have gone through that. Like, I don't understand how you can go into your room stuff's all over the place. And you're just like, Mom, I cleaned it. And you're like, No, I you, you didn't. So that's one thing. Like we got to work on the cleaning a little bit. But I think for the most part they're pretty good kids, somewhat responsible. Pretty much, we still need to work on that. And so I mean I love my kids. I think they're great kids, and I'm blessed to be their mom. And so it was like bittersweet this weekend. Now this week, this weekend was also kind of uneventful because with all the birthday things going on, we really didn't do much because the girls were sick. If you listen to last week's podcast, I explained how the kids have been sick. They were. Um, This has just been a bad month for them. They've had the flu near the end of January. They had strep throat, ear infections, colds. You name it, they probably had it. So, this weekend, we stayed home because I'm just like, guys, if you're not feeling well, and they went to school that whole week. Well, Kennedy went to school the whole week. The other two were sick in between the week. But I wanted them to stay home and get rested so that on Tuesday, when they went back to school, they would be fine. So, we didn't really do much. The only thing we did do was on Monday, when everyone was pretty much feeling better, and I was like, okay, well, they're going to school on Tuesday. So, on Monday, I took them to the store, and... Typically, we wait until at the spring break before I do bir- like real birthday celebrations with the kids because they don't have school, their friends are out. We can do something over spring break. So they know this. But I took them to get a cake because Megan's birthday was Monday and Kennedy's was Thursday. So I just took them both to get a cake. So Kennedy... Kennedy couldn't decide on the cake she wanted. Megan immediately went and picked her carrot cake because that's her favorite thing. So she picked the carrot cake. But Kennedy could not decide on the cake. So we were literally in the store for an extra 15-20 minutes for her to try to figure out what she wanted for her cake. And here's the thing. So after we waste all that time and she's looking can't decide on anything because there were too many choices. She literally just left without having a cake. I'm like, Kennedy, you've got to pick something. She's like, but I can't choose. I can't make a decision. And I realized that this is not just a problem that has just started for Kennedy. Kennedy has always had an issue making decisions when it's more than one or two things. So when she was younger, I used to pick out maybe three outfits. i like, okay, Kennedy, pick out what you want to wear. And she would do that. Because she's always had issues deciding what she wanted to do. And this was from the time she was a little kid all the way up until now. So I tried to help her with decision making by picking out some of her clothes or picking out the clothes and tell her just to pick out your own clothes I would do that for her of course I did have to kind of match the clothes up because they didn't really they weren't good with style and color and stuff but anyway I would pick out I guess maybe six outfits I'm like okay now pick out the outfit you want to wear and she would do that so that was my way of trying to help her I also would give her like a dollar or whatever, Mm -hmm. take it to the dollar store, and then I will be like, all right, Candy, pick out a toy. What do you want to buy? And sometimes she would buy something, and then sometimes, okay, the majority of the time she would not. Now, her sisters would always buy something, but Candy wouldn't because she couldn't decide what she wanted to buy. But that's another way I tried to help her with her decision-making. I even let her make some of her own decisions when it comes to, like, church activities. I let her make her own decisions with that. But she still wants me to help her out and intercede and talk to... The adults that she's volunteering to help out in charge. And I almost like, Kennedy, you're going to have to do this by yourself. You know these people. You know them. So you are going to have to talk to them because as you get older, mommy's not going to always be the one talking for you and organizing things. You're going to have to do this yourself. Now, let's just say I would love to do that always. However, I do recognize that she's growing up. And if I want her to be a responsible, fully functioning adult and be able to function in today's society, she's going to have to do some of these things by herself. So what I decided to do is um, let her talk for herself. So she pretty much did talk for... She does talk for herself most of the time, but then sometimes I still have to intervene because she wants me to help her out. So that's another way I try to help her make her own decisions. So I guess the thing I'm trying to come to is like... All you parents that have kids that have grown up or if you have a child who has issues making decisions and stuff. How did you help them? Like, what did you do to let them know it is okay to make your own decision? And how did you help them through that process? Because my job as a parent is not to make decisions for her, but to support her in her decision making. So what did you guys do? Any tips, any suggestions, any advice you'd like to give me on how to help my daughter become more confident with making decisions would be helpful because she makes pretty good decisions, but I don't think she's confident in her decision-making yet. So what did you do or what can I do to encourage her to be more confident in her decision-making? So that's the question for you. If you guys have any suggestions, please, please, please go to Facebook, the Music and Vibes Podcast. That's the page. That's our Facebook page. Go there and then message me or leave me a message in the comments and just give me what your advice is or what you did for your child to help them when it came to making decisions all right well i can't wait to hear your advice anything that you would like to share would be greatly appreciated i can't wait to hear from you This episode of the podcast, I would like to talk about some ways to get your marriage or relationship back on track. Now, all of us have had times in our marriage or relationships when we have been in this situation. Okay, so here's the situation. You get off from work, then you pick the kids up from daycare or school. You then go home or you go to the store to pick up something for dinner that night. Now, after you get home, you fix dinner, you feed the kids, get them baths, get them ready for school or daycare the next day. Finally, you put them to bed. Now, in between this time, either your husband or your your husband has come home by then, or he comes home later. But either way, you don't really have time to do anything together. You don't have time to really talk. The only times you guys talk are when you guys are talking about. What needs to be done for the kids? But you're not having any meaningful conversation. And then at the end of the evening, either you both fall into bed totally exhausted or he watches television, you go to bed, or he goes to bed, you watch television, or you read, whatever. But you've had a whole afternoon, you didn't do anything together, you didn't really talk, and you guys went to bed really just totally exhausted. Now... I know this is not such a far-fetched idea because it's happened to all of us. And we're just, let's just be honest, let's just admit it, we have all had evenings like this. And you know what, even for the listeners that don't have kids, I'm pretty sure that you have come home from work and you have been busy, your husband's been busy, or you got home at different times, you were tired, you really didn't get a chance to talk, or you, read, you each did separate things. But... I'm pretty sure this doesn't happen to just couples with kids. I'm sure this happens to couples who may not have kids. I think this is just something that happens to any and every married couple. Whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, whether your kids are grown or moved out. I think this happens because we all get so caught up in our everyday lives with our jobs and what we're doing. Until we get stuck in a rut. We don't take the time that we took before we got married to spend with our spouse or let them know how important that they are. And unfortunately, what I discussed, it what I, the story that I just mentioned, is not something that just happens once in a while to different couples or to couples across America. This happens to couples everywhere all the time. And sometimes on a regular basis because we are just too busy with all of the things that we have to do. Now, I know that... It is not always easy to keep up the level of romance in your marriage, especially once you're at work, trying to keep up with chores in your house, deal with your kids, deal with life in general. These are things that will make the level of your romance tend to go down in your marriage. Now, if this has happened to you, or if it is happening to you, and you guys can be honest if it's happening to you, you don't have to tell me about it, but just make a middle note like, ah, this is happening to me. But if it is, I have some good news for you. You don't have to spend the rest of your life or the rest of your marriage in a marriage devoid of romance. And in fact, starting today, you can begin to do things that will help you get your relationship back on track. Now, when I talk about getting your relationship back on track, I'm not talking about just romance. Even though that's what I highlighted because this is what most people I talk to complain about the most. The romance in their marriage has gone down. But it could be anything. Like in a lot of couples, the communication has gone down. Just spending time together. Just having meaningful conversations. You could feel like you're not connected. It's a lot of things that you could possibly get back on track in your marriage. And all of these things are helpful. It's not just the romance. But you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to spend quality time together. And reconnect. And if you're not connected, then... We really do need to get that back on track. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to talk about some ways that you can get reconnected with your spouse. I would like to say these are little tips that I'm going to share with you that are going to help you whether your marriage needs to get back on track or whether your marriage is already on track, but you want to keep it on track so that you don't get off track. Regardless of where you are or what your marriage needs, this these tips, I believe, can help you to begin working on having that marriage that you've always wanted and that you've always dreamed about. No, you're not going to hypnotize your spouse. You're not going to trade them out with somebody else. But what you are going to do instead, you're going to put in the work to get the results that you are wanting in your marriage. So here are some things that you can begin to do to get your marriage back on track. Now, I do want to point out that these things I'm going to share with you are not things that you should just do once and be like, okay, I did it today. Oh, wow, wonder why it's not working. No, you have to do it consistently. In life, you have to do things consistently. You can't just do it once and expect things to work out. Like, if you did a good job at your job once, and then the rest of the time you did a bad job, you'd probably get fired. So, this is the same with relationships. You have to be consistent. So, these are things I am going to tell you that we can start doing now, but you have to do them consistently because doing them here or there... If you do it once, you may or may not get the result, but even if you did get the result, it's not going to be helpful because you want sustained results. You want to do things that are sustainable to keeping your marriage on track or to make sure you don't go off track again. So here are some things you can do, but I do want to point out that you should be doing these things consistently so that you can have some type of success in your marriage. Okay, there's a lot. I think I have like 15 things, but we're going to just talk about them. The first thing I want to talk about is being physical without sex. Yes, it is possible to be physical without sex. I know you're thinking, how is that possible? But it is. There are a lot of things you can do. And this is important because we all know sex is like the thing that draws everyone together. But sometimes you just need that physicality without the sex. Maybe holding your hand, maybe even a hug, stroking your hair, putting your hand on your husband or wife's leg, I mean, rubbing their back. There are a lot of things that you can do without having sex. You can do kisses on the cheek, kisses on the lip. There are things that you can do. And this is important because all of us need physical touch. There was a research done some years ago about babies who were born and they were put in like the little incubators Because they were so small when they were born. They were put in the ICU. Well, the NICU. And they noticed that the babies who had lots of physical touch, those were the babies that were thriving. They were getting better. And it seemed like they just were getting better a lot faster. The babies who weren't allowed to be touched because maybe their immune system wasn't where it should be or because they were too sick for it. Those babies, they did, a lot of them did survive. But they didn't survive as well, how can I put it? They did survive but they didn't get better as quickly and they weren't thriving like the babies who had touch. So this little this research or this study let us know that it's important for physical touch. So in your marriage you need physical touch. We all need physical touch. I need physical touch. All of us need physical touch in our marriage. And it's important for us to get this sometimes without the sexual component. Just to know that we are loved, we are valued, we are appreciated. So this is one way to get your marriage back on track. Just do physical touch. And it doesn't have to be weird like you're just staring at your spouse and then you just go touch them. No, it has to be like... A normal gesture, like if they say something funny, you can laugh and pat on the shoulder like, oh, that's so cute, or something like that. But you need physical touch. So we need to include physical touch without sex in getting our marriages back on track. This is an important component, so this is something that we definitely need to do. Okay, so we talked about physical um, touch without sex. Now, let's talk about sex. That is important in your marriage. So you should be trying to get that in <laughs> Quite often, but you know, the whole thing is like, even if you have to schedule it or whatever you have to do to get that in, it's important for your marriage. If you want it to stay on track and be in a good place, it's important to have sex. You isn't, I wouldn't recommend people not having sex in your marriage so that's an important thing to do and if you guys are having some difficulties with this then it's definitely something that's worth talking about and trying to see what can be done to make this a regular and continual component in your marriage to have sex okay number three or another tip i would say i'm going to call this tip number three is to recognize negative effects of external factors This is important because whether we all want to agree or believe it or not, we all have things in our marriage that are messing it up because of external factors. It could be a job, it could be family, it could be friends. Now when I say it could be family or friends, sometimes people's opinion of your spouse dictates how you treat them. So let's say your mom doesn't think your husband's a good provider and she's always talking bad about him. So when she does this, It brings that negativity into your house, whether she says it to his face or her face or not. It brings negativity into your home. And that negativity has an external effect on your marriage. And it's negative because of what they're saying and what they're doing. It's the same thing, guys, if your your mother doesn't think your wife is a good housekeeper or cleans the house well and she talks about her all the time. This has a negative effect on your marriage. If you have friends who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing and trying to always get you involved in what they're doing and talking to you and giving you negative feedback about your spouse, then that is bad as well. Um, It makes me think of something I saw recently. I was watching a reality show, of course, and it was this lady. It was these two sisters. One lady, her husband didn't want her to wear it like all type of super-duper revealing outfits and stuff. Where the other other sister was like, well, I don't know why he's telling you this. It's your body. You can do what you want. You should be allowed to do whatever you want to do. Now, of course, you can understand that's her sister and that's why she said it. But to be honest, she really shouldn't have thrown herself into their relationship because that is something for them to discuss. Now, he wasn't being... um, Controlling with it, but he just didn't want his wife to be showing everything to everybody when she walked down the street. He wasn't comfortable with that. And so that should have been something that he and his wife should have discussed together. It shouldn't have been something that the sister jumped into. Now, on the other hand, there was also in the same episode another sister who had her sister move in and didn't tell her husband about it, even though she knew her husband and sister didn't get along. That also is an example of an external factor that's having a negative effect on your marriage because she put her sister over her husband's feelings, and that was wrong. So, of course, it did blow up in her face, and eventually the sister moved out. But what I'm saying is sometimes we do this. Sometimes we let the opinions of our mom and fathers and brothers and sisters, friends, family, we let these opinions of our spouse get in the way of our relationship and you should not do that. It's like once you are married it should be just you two against the world working it out and sometimes your family doesn't mean to be like pushing and intrusive and negative for anything like that but maybe that's just how they come across and I think in these situations it's up to you to step in and be like you know what I love you I respect your advice and your opinion however my husband and I have made this decision and go with it. Now I'm talking about regular situations in marriage where sometimes your parents or your family members can overstep their boundaries. I'm not talking about situations where abuse is involved. Because yes, if, if abuse is involved, then the family has every right to step in and try to do what they can to help the person who's being abused. Or your friends, they would have a right too to step in and try to help the person that's being abused. But I'm talking about these regular relationships where these external negative factors can be negative in our marriage. Even sometimes jobs. Like if you're working a job where you never get to see your wife or you never get to see your husband or a job that's so demanding until you're always so angry when you get home and you can't enjoy the person that you are with then maybe it's time for you to find another job or to let that go. Because no job is worth losing your marriage or losing your relationship. It's just not worth it. So these are some external negative factors that can affect your relationship. So once you recognize them, you need to work on fixing them and eliminating them, if at all possible. Another tip would be spend time doing shared activities. Okay, now this might be hard because... We're all different people, and your husband may not like the things you like, and you may not like the things that he'd like to do. However, that may be the case, but there's nothing wrong with every now and then spending time doing an activity that your husband enjoys or that your wife enjoys. Guys, if she wants to watch this soppy, romantic movie, and you know that's what she likes to do, watch it with her, because you're doing something that she enjoys to do, and you guys are forming a connection and you're bonding. Women or wives, if your husband wants to sit down and watch a couple of football games, sit down and watch it with him. Maybe eat some snacks or whatever. Be interested in things that they're interested in and spend time doing shared activities. Now, it doesn't mean you have to all of a sudden love it, but it means that you're putting the effort in to spend time with them doing something that they like to do. Because that means a lot. It always means a lot when my husband spends time with me doing something I like to do rather than me... Well, actually, I like doing things that he likes to do, too. But, you know, it just means, it's just special when your husband or wife spends time with you doing something that they like to do. It kind of lets you know that they care about you, they love you, and they enjoy spending time with you, and they want to make you happy. So this is another thing that you can do that is going to help improve your marriage. Um, the next thing I want to say is that you should focus on good things about your spouse and not the bad things about them. Okay, here's how this works out, okay? None of us are perfect. Let's just face that right now. We are not perfect. So because we are not perfect, that means that we all have faults. We all have flaws. And in a relationship, and especially in a marriage, it is very, very important for us to focus on the good. Because just like our spouse has flaws, we have flaws. But, in addition to that, we also have good qualities. Like, I would hate it if my husband just focused on all my negative qualities and never looked at the good qualities. Just like he would hate it if I focused on all his negative qualities and never saw his good qualities. And so, this is why it is very important for us to spend time looking at the good because the more you focus on the good the more good you will find. I have come to realize that when I'm looking for bad things or negative things, I always find it no matter what it is. If it's something negative that I'm looking for, or if I'm feeling some kind of way about a person, anything they say will make me perceive them in a negative light. Like if I have a pre if I have like a um preconceived notion about someone and they can say hey Kiana how you doing but if I think that they don't like me and I don't really like them and they say hey Kiana how you doing instead of hearing how they're saying it like hey Kiana how you doing like they just want to know how I'm doing I'll hear it like hey Kiana how you doing you know guys that's how it is it's like whatever you think how you think about a person is how you see them that's your reality so if you start focusing on the good things about your spouse then your reality will become oh, my husband does this, he does that. You'll be seeing the good and positive things about them and not so much the negative stuff. Now, will there be some bad negative things that your husband or, or spouse will probably do? Yeah, but you'll realize that this is not who they are. It's just a moment. Because they're not perfect, this is just something that they do. But you'll realize that there's more good qualities and more good things to them than bad and you will appreciate them way more when you start focusing on the good things about them and not the bad. The next tip is accept the fact that your spouse is not perfect and has limitations. Yes, I said it again. Your spouse is not perfect. They have limitations. So if in your marriage you are like frustrated because your husband is not taking you out to date night all the time and he's not doing this, look at the person. Look at your husband, okay? can he do this? When I say can he do this, I don't mean can he do this as he has a problem and he can't do it, but like emotionally, is he ready to do this? Can he do this? Is he trying to show you his love in another way? And see, that's another thing we have to look at. Sometimes our expectations of our spouse is not what they should be. It's like we expect them to do this or be here, but they're there and they're doing that. And they're doing what they can to show you that they love you. Maybe they're not comfortable all the time with going out to dinner and being out. Maybe they find it romantic for them to be home with you, cooking you dinner or something. But you expect them to take you out so you get frustrated And when they're trying to show you their love by cooking for you at home or doing something romantic. And see, that's another reason why, and I always say this book, Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman is a good book for couples to read because it lets you know what the five love languages are, what they consist of, and how you can recognize them. Like, So if your husband or wife is doing certain things, you can recognize, oh, this is their love language. So you can respond to them in that language. But it's important because you will also see when they're trying to tell you that they love you. So accept the fact that your husband or wife is not perfect and that they have limitations, and then go with that. Because if you know what they're capable of doing, you'll accept it and you guys can get closer and reconnect. It's almost like you have a child who is a C student, but you're getting mad at them every single day because they're not a, a honor roll student. You know? Is ridiculous because no matter how much you punish your child or put them in timeout or make them study, if they are a C student, that is where they're going to be. They're just going to be a C student. But the great thing is, if you know that your child is a C student, you can reward them for the C's that they get because that's their A. You can appreciate them. You know how to help them and work with them. And that's the same with your spouse. If you know your husband or your wife is not good in this certain area that you really need, then you can work with them and realize it's going to take time, but with a lot of work and help, they're going to get there. And you can work with them. You can spend time helping them. Um, There are things you can do. And then you can recognize the steps and the progress that they are making instead of always berating them because they're not what you think they should be and getting upset. So knowing them and then knowing what their limitations are and accepting them for that and loving them in spite of it is a way to reconnect with your spouse and to get back on track. Another thing, this is so, so important, have realistic expectations about your partner and your relationship, and that's important. Don't look at Sue's relationship and get mad because that's not your relationship. Guys, don't look at John's relationship and get mad because that's not yours. You guys are married to different people, and even though your relationship may be different, it doesn't mean that your relationship is bad. Even though your relationship may not be as exciting as you may want it to be, doesn't mean that is the worst thing ever or the most dull and boring relationship no it just means that you have to um, be realistic if your spouse is the kind of person who is not very good or with using eloquent words to always compliment you or say all these wonderful things about you or even post about it on facebook if you know this and you're really realistic about, oh, this is just not my husband's thing, then you're not going to get mad when you go on Facebook and read somebody else's post about their wife and how great they are because you know your husband loves you. This is just not what he does. And it's okay if he doesn't do that as long as he loves you. And that's the whole thing. I think sometimes we miss out on the fact that we are loved, and but we get mad because we're not seeing it the way we want to see it in our mind's view. And sometimes... We carry over the view of what we think marriage should be from our childhood, like what we think it should be, what we fantasize it should be. And then we put those expectations on our spouse, which is so unfair because no one can live up to a fantasy. And so we are doing this. We need to stop. Come back to earth, come back to reality, and get realistic expectations about our partner so that we can have realistic expectations about our relationship. And once we do this, we can also recognize things you want to get better and improve on. And we actually have a realistic expectation in a real way of reaching those desired needs and goals. Another tip that I have for us is to improve yourself. Yes. Improve yourself. Because once you start improving yourself, then you will begin to reframe how you view the world. You'll begin to feel better about yourself. And let me just say... If you feel good about yourself, then you're going to feel good about your spouse. You're going to feel good about your job. You're going to feel good about your kids. Why? Because you feel good about yourself. You're going to be more confident in the decisions that you make. More confident in who you are. And once you're more confident and you feel better about yourself and you're working on you, then it will definitely affect your marriage in a positive way. For example, if you know... That maybe sometimes you can be a hothead, you have a bad temper, or whatever. If you start working on yourself and you start being more understanding, more kind, controlling your temper, do you know what that can do for your marriage? It can do so much for your marriage. So if you begin improving yourself and feeling good about yourself, then that will also help you improve your marriage and get your marriage back on track. You should also be vulnerable. Sometimes in our marriages, we do put up walls and we don't want our husband or wife to see the true us. You know, like the person inside of us, deep down inside, who can get hurt, who can cry, who feel emotions... Who care? You know, we try to hide those things. And I guess sometimes you try to hide it because it makes you... Some people think it makes you seem weak. But that's not how it is. Relationships are about trust. And if you cannot trust the person that you're with with your emotions, then who can you trust? So being vulnerable lets them know that I trust you. And I know that you're going to take care of my emotions. So guys, if you are with your wife one day and you watch something, okay, don't laugh. Some people do cry and it's okay for guys to cry. That's another podcast episode. But let's say you start to cry about something. It's okay. Women, it's like if you are with your husband and you start to feel vulnerable or you there's something that happened in your childhood or something that happened and that you feel a certain way, it's okay to share that with your spouse. Being vulnerable helps you guys connect and have a greater connection. So don't forget to be vulnerable. Now, the next tip I want to tell you, and I feel like this is so important because a lot of people don't do it. They neglect to do this. Put your relationship first. Yes. Put it first. Put your relationship first. Above your kids, put your relationship above other people, put your relationship first. Or I should say marriage. And when I say put above your kids, I am not saying ignore your kids, don't feed them, never take care of them. That's not what I'm saying. Kids need to be you and your husband's number one priority because they're children and they need you To help them, they need you to take care of them, nurture them, raise them. We know that. So that goes without saying, take care of your kids. Make them your number one priority. But you've got to put your relationship first. And what I mean is that it's okay to have a date night and let your kid go to a babysitter. It's okay for you guys to work together parenting and not just have one person make all the decisions. It's okay for you guys to be on the same side on the same team. And when I say on the same team, you should be on the same team when it comes to raising your children. You should be on the same team when it comes to dealing with family members, friends, work. It should be you guys against the world. That's how it should be. You should put your relationship first. So if your girlfriends want you guys, want you to come hang out with them, but you wanted to spend some extra time with your husband, go do that because put your relationship first. And if you put your relationship first, and let your husband or your wife know that they are number 1. They're your priority and that you are that they are important to you, then I guarantee this is going to definitely help you in reconnecting and putting your relationship back on track. Another thing that is very important is to spend time alone. Yes, spending time alone Is something that needs to be done. I know you can connect when you're with other people, other couples. And you can. You can have fun. And it's okay to double date or go out with other people. But it's also important to spend time alone so you can talk and really connect with each other. Because even though you're married and you have been married for years, there are things that you can learn about your spouse. Like when my husband and I, when we're talking, when we're alone, there are things I learn about him every single day. And we have been married for... Going on 15 years. So there's never a time where you know everything about your spouse. And the more you talk and the more you get to know each other, you learn more. And the more you talk and spend time alone, you get to t- learn and hear about their feelings, how they're feeling. Because remember, marriage is all, marriages are constantly evolving. Just like we are constantly evolving, growing, and changing. So your spouse is always growing, changing, learning so the more you talk to them and spend time with them you guys can evolve together you can learn together you can grow together instead of growing apart by not spending that time alone it's also important to forgive and let go of grudges and this is something that i think is hard to swallow but it's very true and something that should be done i know forgiving is not always easy believe me I'm like the grudge keeper. It's like, I could hold grudges for years. Well, I could. But then, you know, I can't, I've i come to a point where I've it's just stupid. Life is so short. Like, why would you spend your life holding a grudge against someone when life is so short and that we should enjoy life and love each other? And that's how it should be. And we should definitely, in our relationships, forgive and just let go of grudges. Your husband is probably going to hurt you more than anybody. I always say this because you guys are closer than anyone. You have that relationship so because your bond and your relationship is so strong and you're so connected whatever they do will hurt you more than anybody else and husbands, your wives are going to hurt you more than anyone else and I'm I'm not saying that they're going to intentionally try to hurt you but maybe their actions or words will cut deep because they're angry or they're upset or they say they, they shouldn't say or they're just mad but they will hurt you but the whole thing is you have to realize that we are going to hurt them as well. Now, I'm not saying we're going to beat them up or do anything like that, no. But I'm just going to be honest. Words can hurt. I know that some of the things my husband has said has really hurt my feelings, and it really hurt a lot. And then some of the things I've said to him have hurt his feelings and hurt him a lot. And so because none of us are perfect, and even though we try our best to be the best that we can be, we don't always make it. And so there are going to be times when we are going to have to forgive our spouse and just let go of the grudge and move forward because if you're holding on to a grudge it's like carrying a thousand pound weight around your marriage ain't no marriage can survive being choked out by a grudge and unforgive and unforgiveness and hate and resentment that will totally kill your relationship quicker than a lot of things that will just strangle the love the growth the bonding it'll just kill your relationship so in order for you to get your relationship back on track if there's anything that you're holding on to any grudge any unforgiveness let it go and forgive them and move forward it's also important to plan for the future because if you plan to be with someone for life you would think that you would have plans on what you want to do in the future. So make time that you take that time and take time to talk with your spouse and to plan for the future because it's okay to plan for your future knowing that it's, yeah. I think when you plan for your future, it helps you solidify the fact that you guys are planning to be together forever and that you're working toward goals together. You have things you want to accomplish together, which also gives you that bond and it connects you. It's also important to realize that it's okay to be comfortable and safe in your relationship. So many people are looking for like excitement and this and that and want to change everything up. But you know what? being comfortable with the person that you're with can be an awesome thing. It doesn't have to be always as exciting, thrilling, adventurous relationship. It can just be a regular relationship and be comfortable. It could be a relationship where you are safe in your relationship and you know that your feelings are safe, your emotions are safe, your thoughts are safe, and that there is someone that you can talk to and be comfortable with and be safe. So if your marriage is not that adventurous marriage that you think it should be, realize it's okay to have a comfortable relationship and a safe relationship and to feel comfortable and safe in your relationship. And finally, like I tell everybody, even if you do all these things half-heartedly or you just do it once or maybe twice, you're not going to be successful. Because part of relationships and part of marriage is about putting in effort, putting in the work. If you don't put in the effort, then you're going to get out what you put in in your marriage. That's how marriage is. You get out what you put in. So if you don't put anything into it, you're not going to get anything out. It's almost like... Never put anything into your savings account and then one day you really need your savings but you have nothing stored in there because you never put anything in. That's kind of like how a relationship is. You cannot drain your relationship drive, not work on it, not put back in it and not invest in it and then expect it to last and be there for you in the future. That's just not going to work. It's not going to happen. So it's important that you put in the effort. Into your relationship. It's important that you invest in your relationship. It's important that you put in the time in your relationship to make it successful. So that in the future, you will have this wonderful relationship that you can spend the rest of your life with the person that you love instead of neglecting your relationship and then not having anything in the future. Now, I'm not going to promise you, because I can't promise you, that if you do these things that your marriage or relationship will automatically change and get better. But what I can guarantee is that if you put in the effort, you will begin to see results. Now, granted, they may be slow, but you know what? I would rather be see slow results than no results. It may take some years for your husband or for your wife to come around and for things to get back on track. But you know what? I would rather put in the years that it may take for my marriage to get back on track than not to put in those years and not to put in the effort and my marriage falls apart. So I just want to encourage you to please put in the work Put in the effort and putting in the time. And you will eventually see your marriage will begin to improve. Now the song that we're going to listen to today is called Wipe Your Eyes. And I picked this song because a lot of times marriages do get caught in a rut. And the sad thing is we don't know how to get out of them. So we stay in these ruts. We cry. We keep going through the same cycles over and over again. We don't understand what to do to get out. But today... You have some hope that you can get out. You know what you need to do to start getting out of this rut, so you have some hope. So if you're sad, if your marriage is in a bad place and you're crying, I just want to encourage you to wipe your eyes. It's going to be okay, and there is a way for you to get out of your rut. Now, if your marriage is in a terrible place where these suggestions would help if you were in a better place, then I do encourage you, please, 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 seek a marriage counselor. A counselor can help you. They can advise you. They can help you get to a place where these suggestions would be beneficial and helpful to you. But if you are in a place, or if your marriage is in a place where these um, tips are not going to really benefit you because it's so far gone, please, by all means, see a counselor and talk to someone together so that they can help you navigate through your issues and your situation to get you guys to a better place now for those of you whose relationship is not in a bad place it's in a pretty good place but you know you you are in that rut then put in use some of these tips and i guarantee that if you put in the time and the effort you will see your marriage begin to come out of that rut so without further ado here's the song wipe your eyes
1: he was the first man that you ever loved. You thought that he wasn't from above. He was everything you thought he should be—kind and gentle, loving. like there you find. so fast you thought in your high that it would last you wanted him to be the one so you ignored things he had done but then your heart has paid-
0: to just say thank you so much to Unique Music for their sponsorship. Anique Music is the publishing company that represents all of the music heard here on the show and they have been our sponsor for the past year. And I just wanted to tell them thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support and for your sponsorship. Thank you for all that you've done to help music and vibes become what it is today. I also want to thank you to listeners for listening to the show. Guys, I realize that without you, this show would be nothing because there would be nobody listening to it. So I want to say thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for spending time with me every week. And thank you just for hanging out. But I do appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I also want to encourage you, if you have not done this already, to go over to iTunes, yes, and subscribe to the podcast. I think eventually I'm going to try to find a way to see if you can just subscribe to the show um, through my webpage or whatever. But that's a work in progress. So until I find out that information... If you would go to iTunes and just go click the subscribe button so you can get all the episodes that they come up, that would be greatly appreciated. And that would also be good because then you get every episode um, on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts without having to wait until I post it to our Facebook page. So go and do that if you have not done that already. And while you're there, feel free to leave me a review. I would love to hear from you. And I also want to just say continue sharing the podcast with your friends I can tell that you're doing this so thank you so much it really 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 makes me feel good to see that you guys are sharing these episodes with your friends and your family so continue to do that and today if you know of a couple that's in a rut feel free to share this episode with a friend or family member whose relationship or marriage is in a rut. Maybe we can help them get out of that. So guys, thank you. I think that's all. You guys know if you want to contact me, I am open to talking. If you need to talk to me, just want someone to listen to you, feel free just to go over to the Music and Vibes Facebook page. I'm going to also put a link to that in the show notes as well. And just message me. And I promise you, if you message me, I will definitely... Respond and message you back. Okay, so do that. You can also find us on Instagram at Music and Vibes, so you can also find me there. And if you DM me, then of course I will respond. So if you guys need to contact me, that's how you can get in contact with me, and I would love to hear from you. All right. Well, I think that's everything for today. Um, if I decide to do a Facebook Live, I guess I'm trying to wait until I get better lighting and set it up at my house but um i'll think about it if i decide to do one this week i'll probably let you know sometime on thursday and i'll tell you the time that i'm gonna do it and what we'll talk about all right well i think that's all if you guys have any questions for me feel free to contact me and until we meet again i hope you have an amazing day an awesome week a better weekend and that we come back again on next wednesday to hang out all right bye bye